This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. Messi takes everybody on. Messi has got it! From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. 2-0, and he's... What a World Cup for Megan Rapinoe! From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair... Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall. The teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars. And that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal. Soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire. Dungeon Discourse, Mamba Edition, 24, here we go. Um, Jabari, long week for me, tough weekend for you. We're going to have to push through this one, man. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And, and I appreciate you mentioning it. Yeah, I did have a you know, death in the family. You know, rest in peace, Uncle Rob. Uh, but you're right. We, yeah, we do have to push through it. I, I appreciate that you that you glossed it, the, uh, the Mamba Edition, because I planned on doing that later to mess with you. Yeah, you know what? Uh, what were we doing? I did it for KG, and I actually I don't think we did it for twenty three because I wasn't there. Maybe you did. No, um, no I don't think you did. Um, but we, we were twenty two, and I blanked. Can you think of a twenty two off the top of your head? Twenty two, twenty two. Was Elgin Baylor twenty two? Maybe. Could be. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that invigorating content serves off. So <laughs> we are going to talk about the NBA schedule drop. We are going to talk about Leonardo DiCaprio. Thank you to all of you who filled out the ballot. Top five Leo performances. We'll get to that the latter half of the show. Um, before we do that, though, the NBA and the NBA Players Association, we've we've got things ironed out. Uh, you were correct. It was all for naught. Here we are. Um, we've got Davis Bertans and a few other players saying they're not coming out. Avery Bradley. Maybe let's start there. Yeah, I mean, I anticipated there being some. Um, to be honest with you, I'm actually surprised that no quote-unquote star players have. And that's no shade to Avery Bradley. That's no slight to you know Davis Bertans. I think today it was announced that Wilson Chandler, uh, you know, he, you know, he he's opting out of it. Um, but I, you know, for whatever reason, I, I did anticipate at least maybe one or two you know guys, uh, just not you know just just not a you know full bevy of them. Yeah, and. I mean, I haven't read specifically on all of these guys why they've chosen not to. I think Wilson Chandler cited family. Bradley cited what was going on with the country. Bertans is protecting the money. Well, and Bradley also he's got he's got a six year old that's got you know some breathing difficulties as well. Fair enough, man. And and again, um, my stance on this is kind of what it was, you know, a couple weeks ago. Like everyone has the right to not go to work. You just don't have the right to get paid and not go to work. And um, they, they, these guys all knew that, and they made that choice, and that's that's okay. Um, Davis Bertans specifically, I the Wizards shouldn't even be there. Like, what's what's the point? And I think you know, for Wilson Chandler, uh, I'm not sure if he's going to be with the team next year. Or, you know, how much how much longer his career has left? But 
you know, without Kyrie, without KD, what are the Nets doing? So. Yeah, and, and, and you know what? I, it's not that I've come full circle, but I have, you know, inched closer to, I think they probably should have just gone ahead and come back with the 16. Because, like, y- yes, I understand the idea of, well, you know, uh, Washington, you know, they're five and a half games back of the Magic, so technically they, they technically they could get in there. And, you know, we've got a, you know, a triumvirate, including, you know, obviously the team that has Zion on it that are three and a half games back, you know, the, you know out west. But... Honest to God, they probably should have just come with 16. You know, you know, still done a couple of like exhibition type games and then just rolled into it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the playing game scenario is interesting. Like, I I do think playing in for the eighth seed it will be fun, but it, I, it's just it's just should, it's more complicated than it needs to be. Yeah, I 100% agreed, and I should specify, I love the idea, just not in in the under these circumstances. Like moving forward, if they were to you know, if they were to implement that, I'd be I'd be all for it. I you know, like I, I anything that's going to give us more you know you know more uh, you know uh, playoff type atmosphere basketball, I'm here for it. Just given the you know given the risks, that that's why I'm saying like you know it probably should have just gone with the 16 and run with it. So I mean, it it did feel like the conspiracy hounds were out. I was looking at the Pelicans have a really easy schedule, mm-hmm. in theory. Um, you know, the fix is in or whatever. You can make the case, but they are still four back of the Grizzlies, and you know, Memphis has a tougher schedule. But but both are true to form of what they had left. Do you have a strong feeling on Memphis, Portland, New Orleans, and Sacramento? Yeah, it's funny. Uh, Sacramento, I, I don't know if they're going to have enough bodies. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I shouldn't joke about that because, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was either five or six of, you know, of, the, of the individual players uh, ended up testing positive, at least at least at the, at the last report that I saw. We're still a uh, month out. We're still a month out. And, yeah. and I would, that, that's what I was going to follow up with. We still have time. You know, knock on wood, everything goes well. You know, of course, we can't presume that. But if, it, but if everything goes well, they'll be okay. Funny as it is, I think Sacramento is going to be the, mo- the most no- motivated out of that group. Portland, not saying that they're not going to try, not saying, you know, because I, I, I do have a great deal of, you know, obviously of respect for, you know, for, you know, for, uh, for, for Lillard and, and CJ and, you know, everybody there. But it I haven't necessarily gotten the sense that they're overly excited or overly eager to be there. No. Uh, New Orleans, like you, I saw that schedule and I thought, well, that does seem, it does seem like at the very least they're not trying to make it hard for them. But Sacramento seems like the team that, that actually is going to feel slighted by it. So I wouldn't be shocked to see them leapfrog some folks. Yeah, I mean, I got if no faith. If somebody does. I got no faith in the Spurs. And, and LaMarcus Aldridge is out now, right? Like he's done? Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, yes. Um... Yeah, yeah. I, I just it. This isn't what it what it could have been, should have been. And I, I do think the Memphis and New Orleans fans being contentious on the timeline, and maybe there's a bit of a rivalry there. Um, I, I think there's some potential fun in these games there. Um, that being said, uh, this whole eight game schedule, like I, I just think we might have been better off this year just going right to sixteen. Let's yeah. just get the playoffs going. And I know that players wanted time to play and I can't argue with it I'm not a doctor I don't know the science of it all but um, I, I think you know this is asking for trouble especially with the number of case positive cases we've heard about um, in the last couple weeks I think it was Woj who reported that um, some of the teams not invited to the bubble were looking for a way to finish their own schedule save a couple bucks I guess is the thought here and 
Would you be interested? That is what it is, though. Like that that that's that's what's going on. Like, do you want to watch uh, the Golden State Warriors and the Chicago Bulls play a couple in Vegas? Maybe. Uh, no. Look. <laughs> so here's the deal. I understand. Look, <clears throat> we, we we've discussed this on the show in you know like in in the past, but let let's just be very clear about it. The NBA likely would not be making this decision if it were not dire for them, for you know, from a business perspective. If it, it, at the very least, had the situation with Hong Kong not taken place earlier in the year, I think that they would at least, you know, would consider pushing this back a little bit further just to give more time in the event that anything were to present itself or anything were, you know, like we were to, you know, uh, you know be closer along in, in the development of a vaccine or things of that nature. So. We're saying, you know, so we're acknowledging, you know, with that being acknowledged, while, you know, while they're there, we may as well make the most of it. We, you know, like, so I'm going to appreciate the back and forth, uh, you know, like, like, you know, of, of those teams that are still scrambling and, and, you know, for positioning and scrambling for a spot. But when it, when it comes to just a straight exhibition game, no, no, no need to put those guys at risk for that. Yeah, that's the thing too, man. Like all of this, like guys are going to be risking their health. They're going to be risking their, you know, injury. They're not warm. They don't want to play. There's no motivation. And then you're going to go play straight preseason in <laughs> July in Vegas. <laughs> why? You know. Yeah, I mean, I know when we all when I say why it's rhetorical, we know it's dollars. <laughs> but no, come on, man. I'm I'm not trying to watch Zach Levine and R.J. Barrett go for 15 and 14 playing 20 minutes each in Vegas. No, come on. Yeah. Um, I, I I do think if you, if you're confused by any of this, NBA actually did a really good for questions and answers um, piece on NBA.com, which is like because even I was looking at like what is this going to look like. That answers just about everything that's going on with the season. But you know it's coming. We're getting it. I'm happy that we are. I'm glad that we're getting basketball. If you at home are like, oh, I, I would just, I just want to be like, say thank you for having NBA ball because 2020 has been terrible. But I'm scared to say that because people will say that uh, I'm a racist and I hate America and I want people to die during COVID. I'm with you because I said I'm really ha- happy to have the season back and I had some guy start a 10-tweet thread about how I was actually rooting for people to die. So, you know, I, I think it's I think you can appreciate basketball and not want people to die, but I'm learning as we go here. Well, let, let me let me just quickly address that. I understand where the, you know, where where folks may be coming from with that sentiment, but here's the reality: neither one of us, the two of us, or any of the folks out there that you know that are going to uh, admittedly enjoy the action that we, that we receive, we're, we're we're not the ones that are responsible for bringing this league back. It's going to happen. So if it's going to happen, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to go ahead and enjoy it. I'm also going to be. I am also seeing these folks as human beings and praying to God that they do not get sick and hoping that none of the you know again none of the staff none of the coaches, none of the, anybody that's associated with the situation, you know, uh, you know, uh, suffers, you know, suffers anything as a result of this. Both of these things can be true, folks. And and again, the bubble is going to be a safer place relatively to just about anywhere else in the American public right now. So I, I mean, it is it is what it is. You can be as mad as you want. You know, Adam Silver, you know, he he did try to hit us with the kumbaya. Sports are important, and 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 again, sports are important. Like I I don't really give a shit if you disagree. Um, if you're listening to this podcast, sports are important to you probably, or movies are important to you. Just like they're important to me, just like they're important to Jabari, just like they're important to everyone else. I'm not saying that's more important than staying healthy. I'm not saying that's more important than social issues at the time, but like but how they we do, can... they are important. It's just, it's yeah. just as simple. Yeah. How, how did we go from like, hey, we've launched hundreds of thousands of tweets, we've watched hundreds of hours of sports, 
you know, we live, breathe, et cetera, this league, and then all of a sudden, oh, basketball is really not important. That's just not true. I mean, it's been important to all of us our whole lives. I, I, I don't think saying that makes you some sort of a bad dude. Well, here's the deal. What this is the this is the main point right here. We can say that basketball is important. We're not saying that basketball is more important than the, the social situation that has taken place. No one is saying that. That and both things, both conversations. That that's the. This is the reason why Twitter and social media in general sometimes are the is the worst possible place. Even though it's great to have the access, it's great that you and I can connect with you know who who knows uh, Jamal Crawford or you know uh, you know Randy Cruz or whomever at you know, at the drop of a hat. That's great, but it doesn't. You know, people don't necessarily. You know, people aren't always looking for like a contextual conversation and something beyond just like oh well he said he said sports are important. That mean, you know that means he's saying sports are more important. Than you know, than, than the you know, than my life. No, that's not what anyone is saying. That, that's probably the the problem is that people aren't looking for a conversation in any regard anymore. I, I honestly, I looked at my timeline today, and I know you were going through it with some people being mad about you, but like there were several times this week where someone quoted me trying to make a point about something, and I looked at what I tweeted, and I was like, I this has nothing to do with what I just said. Yeah. But people are but are angry and projecting garbage all over the place. Um, it, it, it's getting tiresome to be to be so like you know transparent here like it, it's just getting really tiresome like the amount of vitriol and uh, I don't know effort people are putting in to like divide each other even though they're supposed to be going on social media to like discuss entertainment things because that's what my accounts you know generally for it, it's just baffling look I, 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 the last I've got to say on it is, I, you know, and I think I've even made this point a couple times or at least one other time on the show in the past. We are all going through some really dark times right now. And that's not being hyperbolic. That's the truth. Like the world, especially, you know, no, I won't even limit it to the United States. The world right now is going through a dark time. I understand why everybody's frustrated. I understand why, you know, you know, folks are kind of lashing out at one another. But for the purpose of this podcast and for the purpose of this thing, let's just, you know, let, let's circle back and, 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 br- and bring it back to, the, you know, some positivity. Well, and, and the other thing is, too, like, people made the point, like, why, why would I believe Adam Silver that this is anything more than money? And it's like, uh, fine, like, I, I don't know. I don't, you don't have to believe him about that. But that being said, it's still important. People are still going to watch, and it is what it is. I, I also think the thing that he mentioned that people really are slow to understand here is that COVID is not going away. No. Like, there there seems to be this thought, like, if the NBA paused and just, like, canceled the season, we would just start the next one December, which on this show we've walked through before, probably wouldn't happen because the owners would rip up the CBA, not pay the players, we'd be in a lockout. And, mm-hmm. and but, but regardless, we are still going to have the coronavirus in December. Like, yep. it, it's just not going to, like, magically disappear. Like, governments all over the world, they're saying, like, there won't be anything close to a normal until we get a vaccine. And we still don't know what the long-term health care risks are of COVID. We don't know what the, the long-term effects of the vaccine are going to be. We don't know how long it's going to take to test the vaccine. Uh, so there's just, there's like, if, if, you're, if your thought process was that we should pause four more months because then it would get back to normal, that wouldn't be the case. Now, if you're someone who's like, we should just scrap all sports for two or three years and we, we should just stay at home in our houses and pray and reflect and, and retweet things on the timeline about social change. Then, then fine, good for you. Like, but that's that's kind of more the reality you're looking at if you're hoping to get back to a quote unquote normal. Look, it's as simple as this. No one's going to force anybody to watch, but most of the folks, honestly, most of the folks that are saying, you know, like that are pointing the finger and saying, "Hey, hey, you guys over there, you guys shouldn't, you guys shouldn't be you know, excited about this." They're going to be right there watching as well. So that's fine. 
Yeah, and 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 again, and I, I know you're like trying to get me off this, but uh, I'm going to say this too. You know, as a teacher, something that a lot of like Canadian medical institutions have been debating is like, are the actual health risks of COVID greater than those of mental health when you keep people secluded, especially children, for long periods of time? Um, and in a lot of places, are starting to make the argument that no, they are not. So I would argue that at a minimum, having something positive this summer for people who love basketball is a mental health uptick. And I think that's more tangible than, than people are ready to come to terms with right now. Fair enough. Um, with that said, before we transition to Leo, what have you been binging this week? Uh, I'll keep it quick. Uh, you know, I'm up to date on Queen of the South. I cannot wait for season five. I you crushed us for I absolutely destroyed them. So much so that I thought, you know, there may have been one or two episodes that I you know, may have fallen asleep on. Maybe I'll run it back in season two just to make sure that I caught everything. <laughs> season five was already in production when things shut down mid-March, obviously due to COVID. So once things jump back in, you know, jump back into action, I can't wait. I literally cannot wait. And then the other thing, I finally started watching Hannibal. You know, I, I was reminded and oh. pounded and pestered about this forever. And every, you know, like you know, my buddy Luis. You know, shout out to him, classy al- alcoholic out here. That's actually his. That's actually his profile name. So you know, feel free to check that out. Um, he. This is one of his favorite shows of all time. And he and he, he's constantly saying like, how can you like you you like the show Dexter? But this is actually the show that you want. And look, I'm a couple episodes in. Let's calm down. Let's pump the brakes on the Dexter stuff. <laughs> but I will say it's pretty damn good. Pretty Dexter good. Dexter is overrated on a whole. And I'm and I don't just say that because the the ending of it was was awful. Probably the worst ever. But it, it just it just wasn't all that. Uh, See, I, seasons I, one through four of Dexter are phenomenal. They are seasons. Everything after seasons after season four, after the big you know reveal at the end of season four with Rita and 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 the, um I was gonna say the Ice Shark Killer. Excuse me with um Trinity Killer. Uh, it it just totally fell off a cliff. I agree we, with that. And, and I don't know. I was I wasn't as high on it. I didn't think it was phenomenal. I, I didn't think it was Thrones, Wire, Sopranos, Lost. It wasn't in my peak shows even before that. But it it was good. Hannibal is good too. But it is also just like so so emptying, just soul emptying all the way through. And and, and the like, I have a friend who really likes horror. I don't really dig horror. Mm-hmm. Um, and that you'll know you'll know when. Uh, uh, what's his name from Boardwalk Empire? Michael Pitt. When uh, Michael Pitt shows up in season two and some of the things that happened with his character happen, um, my buddy was like, I'm out. I can't watch the show anymore. Really? So, uh, huh. yeah, you'll you have to wait and see. See, I, I, I'm, I'm into horror. I'm into gore. I have, some people would say, I have that empty soul. So it won't, it won't affect, but I'm interested now. I'm definitely, I'll let you know. I didn't what watch have, season three, but the first two were pretty good. Nice. What have you been binging? Man, girlfriend is out of town. Uh, okay. This week was the last week, so I was really busy at work. But when I got home, I did nothing but watch television. Um, so I, I watched a lot. I'm, a, I'm on season four of Clone Wars. I just started Avatar The Last Airbender. Because people were always talking about that on the timeline. I feel like I missed it as a kid. Um, I'm pretty early in that, so I'll save judgment. I watched both seasons of The Order on Netflix. Have you seen any of that? I, I started that the other night as well. I, I got a, I got a, I got an episode and a half in and I kind of I kind of was you know, petering off. Uh, I'll check that out. I, I like that type of stuff. I really want it, man. In the same way that I wanted the Twilight movies to be about vampires, I wanted 
a better written underworld in Twilight, and that's not what Twilight is. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like that's kind of what I wanted from the order. Like I wanted wizards versus werewolves, and I wanted like like some awesome action. But I don't think the budget has the money for it because through two seasons, you really never get to see like the werewolves do anything crazy, and like the story is really focused on like little weirdly poorly written friendships and relationships. So. I mean, it's okay for if you're just looking for something to watch, but like neither season really moved me, did much for me. Um, and then you know what I did watch the last two days, and this is like the most I've probably ever binged in a week since we started the show because mm-hmm. I watched way too many episodes. Television. Undercover on Netflix. Huh. I don't think I've seen that one. Okay. And it is entirely in Flemish. Okay. But you know, Netflix has got the the subtitles, and after getting all the way through Naruto. With, uh, you know, 500 and whatever episodes. Uh, I'm pretty good at subtitles. It doesn't bother me at all. Undercover was good. It, w- it, was, it was really good. It was sort of... Fairy Bauman is like this like crazy ecstasy producer. Um, and two undercover agents go uh, try to get him. And there, there's some good twists and turns. And the second season's coming back, I think, later this year. Uh, I would actually recommend Undercover. If you, if you like the mafia undercover vibe... Um, it, it was, you know, predictable in a lot of ways and how a lot of those ones end, but it was fun. Anybody that we would know that's in it? Uh, you know what? I don't know the actors, so no, I'm going to say no. Uh, yeah. I'll eventually check that one out. Just before before you move on, on the, on the idea of the order and what you were looking from from it, did you ever watch True Blood? Now I referenced True Blood a couple of weeks back when we were talking about something. But have you? Did you actually ever watch that show? I watched the first episode of True Blood, and it looked like it was shot with a camcorder as a student project. And I just, it just I, uh, was I, awful. I get it, especially with the opening where you know where they're in the they're in the liquor store and the, and it's on purpose. Try, try it out again. And the reason why I'm saying is it's actually a show that you can probably watch with your girlfriend if she's okay with also vampires and werewolves and things of that nature. Because it, it the first two to three seasons, pretty damn good. And it actually sounds like what you were looking for uh, from The Order. It's like a, it's like a more action-packed... Yeah, like, it, 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 get, it gets going. It gets going. The, okay, it, maybe, maybe I'll give it a go because I've tried this a few times too. What's the other one with like the two heartthrob guys that all... All the ladies love um, Boone from Lost. I forget his name. Oh. Eh. Anyways, they they had a vampire show too. They're like brothers or something. Oh, and was th- it the originals? Is that what it was? was I don't was, know. Was it like on a CW show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah there there was the originals and there was some, there was an offshoot off of it. Those were pretty good. It, but but I watched a season of that and nothing really like it was all about like the love triangle situation. I was like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and admittedly, True Blood is that as well. Um, but you know, HBO production does start to pick up. You know, we'll see. Some something that I do love about Undercover is in all of those like cop mafia shows, mm-hmm. things go way too smoothly. Okay. And yes. I think it was very. It, it is based on like real events, so it, it does a way better job of like conveying how hard it is to make some of the leaps, Get like. It. There's one scene where they lose, the bad guys lose, um, like, basically a witness. And and the boss is like, find him. And the one guy's like, well, how the fuck am I supposed to do that? Which is like, have you ever thought how, how often we take for granted that, like, you can just, like, find someone? 
like as an average person who's on the run. Yeah, like like in a show, like yeah, it, it's just like a natural thing. You just press a button, do 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 do. Like okay, if yeah. if you're if you're not the authorities and you can't ping their phone and you don't have GPS tracking, like have you ever thought about how hard it would be to just find someone who didn't want to find you and was trying like hell to get across the border or something? Josh, I have never been in pursuit of anybody in that nature, so no, I, I they, haven't. There's just a few scenes in the show where you're like, oh yeah, actually, you know what? That would be really hard to figure out. It, and but in every other cop show, they're just like, oh, there it is, boom, there it is, yep. got him. You know, so I, I think they did theater. a good job of that. Okay, I'll uh, I will eventually check it out. The the I, I I'll do my best not to let the um uh the uh, subtitles you know to dissuade me. Yeah, you just gotta you just gotta push through a few shows. Mm-hmm. With subtitles, and then you're like converted, and it's fine. You've uploaded what you need to upload to do that more regularly. Yeah. Um, okay. Before we go to Leo, there is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners, BetOnline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back, and BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. And if you need even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. Looking for something else other than sports? BetOnline has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets to check out. Visit BetOnline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. All right, Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, we were going to do Brad Pitt this week, believe it or not. We were going we to start with Brad Pitt, and we were going to work our way up to Leo. But hmm. our guy, super producer, Varun, he wants to hop on. Varun wants to make his uh, his debut Dunks and Discourse um, yeah. premiere on the Brad Pitt episode. So we're going to do that next week. And, uh, I, you know, I should say, like, I downloaded today, I downloaded Red Dead. Have you ever played that? I have not. I just got enough people telling me to give it a try. You're like a cowboy. That's pretty much all I know right now. Western. It's like got a really good story, slow-paced game. I think we should do Westerns uh, for Thursday. Oh, uh, that's it. You, ha- you have my attention. <laughs> you absolutely have my attention. Okay. Yeah, I think I think we should do westerns in between. But yeah, we'll, get, we'll maybe we'll do westerns Thursday. We'll do Brad Pitt uh, next Monday, and Varun, our producer, is going to hop on. Um, yeah, so now, now I will say with, with westerns, it's definitely going to be the old group, the you know, old folks, old heads like me versus young cats like you. We might have to. We might have to like shift that somehow. We might have to do what we did with comedies and be like, I think last so. twenty years. Yeah. Because because John Wayne versus. Clint Eastwood versus I don't know Russell Crowe. It's just not. Clint Eastwood it, has some dope ones. John Wayne, you it's know, tough. That, yeah, that that's my grandma. You know, rest I, I feel like I feel like John Wayne's probably canceled at this point too. Anyway, so. Oh yeah, anybody? Yeah. And, and if you're wondering, Google the Playboy interview. But, but I apologize. <laughs> yeah. So it is what it is. Um, I think we'll do maybe we'll do westerns last twenty years. All right. Um, but yeah, we'll figure that out. So Leonardo DiCaprio, the audience, and I. We're the closest we have been on any list so far. Nice. Uh, we had a couple of the same at the top. Um, at number five, they had... So, again, we I, I did frame it as such uh, through the tweet and through the form. It was the five best roles. And, like, I clarified that with, like, not necessarily your five favorite Leonardo DiCaprio movies. Mm-hmm. Not, because Gangs of New York is hands down one of my five favorite movies that Leonardo DiCaprio is in... But I don't think it's one of his five best roles, and Daniel Day-Lewis greatly outshines him in that movie. So that's just kind of the one I could think of to give the example. Now, whether people follow that or not, you never really know. Um, you wouldn't believe, you know, 
step-by-step step, really small chunking for 11s and 12 year olds in class adults filling out things on the internet need the same so we'll, <laughs> take that <laughs> take it as you will um but number five uh the audience had leo's first ever best actor uh award hugh glass in the revenant it, you know i saw the movie it was good it was very very good he, he was great in it um I don't want to accuse the audience of having recency bias, and given the fact that we know he won the Oscar for it, uh, but I do think that may you know you know may come into play a little bit. But something tells me you have that in there because you said your, your list uh, your list is there. I don't. I actually uh, don't. Um, so here's the thing with the Revenant, and it it was a very good movie. Um, I didn't actually rate it. I, if I was going to do that right now, I'd say probably like in that seventy. 782 range is about where I feel where it's at. Mm-hmm. It's a very, very good movie. It's beautifully shot. A lot of it's shot actually right near me. Um, but I, I I feel so underwhelmed with that being the one that Oscar or that, that Leo finally broke through with. It's kind of like all those people who are like, oh, Kobe should have five MVPs, you know? Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I feel about Leo and the Revenant, you know? And just like, oh, yeah, he's got one, but. Participation award? Well, it's just like I, I don't know that this was the one. Yeah, you know? I understand that. It, it's it's kind of like how I feel about the, about Denzel. Like I feel like he should have won, you know, for the, you know, two or three things prior to finally winning for Trinity. I totally get that. Yeah, so I'm, I mean, it is a good movie. I, I'm not mad at it. Leo's entire filmography is just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, when you when you when, when you go down this the what's eating Gilbert's grape what's eating Gilbert grape the basketball diaries mm-hmm. the quick and the dead Romeo and Juliet Marvin's room Titanic man in the iron mask the beach which is a super underrated film that didn't make anybody's list but was really Very good good movie gangs of New York catch me if you can the aviator the departed blood diamond body of lies uh, blood diamond is slept on by the way we, we we'll get into that in a bit revolutionary road shutter island inception J Edgar Django Unchained Great Gatsby Wolf of Wall Street Revenant Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and, and here's Oof. the thing. Most of those are great movies. Almost all of those he was great in. Yes, 100%. What like 100%. He's got he's got a hell of a hell of a resume going on. And I I couldn't help but look um before we go to my 5 and your 5. Mm-hmm. He has uh, some very interesting projects coming out. Um so he has the, I was just looking at IMDb Killers of the Flower Moon. Okay. Members of the Osagi or Osage, I'm not sure how you say it, tribe in the United States are murdered under mysterious circumstances in the 1920s, sparking a major FBI investigation involving J. Edgar Hoover. Uh, hmm. So far, it's Scorsese directing oh. De Niro and DiCaprio. Okay. Boom. Okay. You know so, that's going to be on the list for 2021. So De Niro's playing J. Edgar. Okay. Or may- maybe. I could see that, I, but you know, I, I could see that being the case. Yeah, um, then he has the black hand. Police officer Joe Petrosino seeks justice against a ruthless Italian-American gang in New York, a feature adaptation of Stephen Talty's book, The Black Hand. Um, this seems like 1,000% the type of movie that I want to see Leo in again. Um, Shades of Departed, yes. Uh, Look, I'm gonna see Leo in no matter what he comes out in. Pretty <laughs> like, much. Honestly, like it, it, except for I say that, but I didn't see J. Edgar. Did you see J. Edgar? I did, and he was yeah. good. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So he's got some interesting stuff coming out too. My number five, uh, Jack Dawson, Titanic. Okay. Uh, Is I'm it on your arguing. list? It's not on my list. I'm not going to argue against it because it's a very, very good performance. 
It just didn't make my list. This here's the thing. It had to be there. I feel mm-hmm. it, it had to be one. It is the movie that put him all the way on the map. Mm-hmm. Two, it's the most iconic role. It's the first one like the majority of women think of. And that scene on the ice is also probably the most memed moment in any of his movies. It just it, it it's just too important to his career to not be there. So what it is to me is the exact same situation where with Spielberg, it's Jaws. Yes, it's the iconic one. It's the one that puts you on the map. It's the one that you busted out. And, I'm, and, and of course, you know the uh, movie fans are going to say, wait, Spielberg had this, had that. You know what I'm saying when I'm saying this. Uh, but I've seen five others afterwards that I'm like, yeah, no, like he was for me. Better performances, you know, than that one. But yes, I saw that movie in the theater. Yes, I'm that old. I, I saw that movie watching it for date nights. That <laughs> that was the movie that we used. Here, listen up, kiddos. Before uh, your parents' generation would watch The Notebook, my generation was watching Titanic on date night. Then we got around to The Notebook. So yeah, no, I, I'm not knocking it at all. It's a phenomenal movie. It's also a movie that is is more rewatchable than people would imagine, given the fact that you kind of know what's coming. Yeah, I mean, I didn't watch it till I was 14 or 15. It had been out a, a, a hot minute by then. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's still banged. It still had me pretty torn up, man. Yeah. Um, good movie. And, and again, I, for all those reasons, like it's just too important to his career. I couldn't not have it. All right. So this one, this one hurt a little bit cause, because you know how I feel about the movie. I don't feel it's a great movie. I don't, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the, the slave issue, you know, being, being covered by Quentin Tarantino is not ideal. In any way, I know that you guys are entertained, and by you guys, I'm saying folks that like his, you know, like this movie. But it's not ideal. But he's so damn good in it. Calvin from Django. Again, while you know, I might not be you know, you know nearly as excited as others. Uh, you know, from a complete product. You know, I can't deny Leo was phenomenal in his role as Calvin Candy. You know, the play t- uh, the plantation owner for anybody that hasn't seen it. Uh, his exchanges with Christoph Waltz are incredible. Obviously, the ones with Jamie Foxx. Uh, the the relationship with Sam Jackson. They nailed that shit. That's one thing I will say about that movie is the those sort of you know, those exchanges. They nailed it. Yeah, and I mean, I, I it doesn't make my list. It is going to make the audience list. There is a case to be made that both he and Samuel Jackson were just as good as Christoph Waltz in supporting mm-hmm. roles that mm-hmm. year in that movie. The, the four top performances, I will say, like, Django is, is, is too long. And I've actually, I, I think even in the last year and a half, I've sort of fallen out of love with Tarantino in a lot of ways. Like, I just... Paying attention to the stuff that he doesn't say. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> just on the whole, too, like, his, his, his M.O. has become sort of stale. Yeah. And, uh... Anyway, but that's neither here nor there. It's just, but the four performances from from Jamie Fox, uh, Leo, Christoph Waltz, and and Sam L. Jackson in that movie are that's a that was a pretty impressive quartet right there. Yeah, it's next level. It truly, yeah. truly is. Um, Who did the audience have for four? Audience is number four. Rick Dalton, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> so I'm not mad at that selection. The only trouble is I thought, and this is good. This is rare. I thought Brad Pitt was better in Once Upon a Time than Leo was, so that's the reason why. Like, like maybe it's just because I think Brad was so damn good, it outweighed you know what was obviously a good perform, you know another you know stellar performance by DiCaprio. So it didn't make my list. It actually wasn't on my honorable mention, but I get it. Yeah, it didn't make mine either. Um, 
I feel like Brad Pitt's character was just so much more interesting the whole movie. Mm-hmm. I will say that the scene that Rick that Leo has um, getting in character for the TV show with the younger actress, yes. I think played by Julia Butters, is up there in terms of like maybe one of the best scenes he's ever had. Yes. On the whole, I didn't really give a shit about Rick Dalton. Um, I didn't really care that he was no longer an A-list celebrity and that that was hard. And, all, all, you know, his whole arc was not all of that interesting to me. But that scene um, with his younger actress where he kind of, like, recaptures the love of it and they have that conversation w- was very good. You know, I, I'm glad that you mentioned that because for some some reason it didn't stand it it didn't stand out to me when I just thought about it. You'll just quickly thought about the movie quickly. You're right. That is one of that. That's some of his finest work. That is absolutely some of his finest work. So you know, I'm not knocking the audience for having it up there. Yeah, it, it was it was uh, that was a really great scene. And the movie on a whole, I mean, I think we've been over. It was just way too long. Yeah, way 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 too long. And the payoff was excellent. The final. You know, 10 minutes of that movie really bangs. But, man, it takes a slow climb to get there. Um, and, you know, sorry to Bruce Lee and his family, but that, that was also the funniest scene of the movie. So. Nope. Uh, uh. <laughs> That's a hill I'm going I'm go die on. Uh, I don't care. I don't care. No, I don't. Um, uh, number four for me was Frank Abagnale. Nice. Catch me if you can. I, I'm, this, it's, this, it's coming up for me, so I'll just, please. This was the A.B., Mm-hmm. This this was the AB performance of his career. Like I don't know who's better in Catch Me If You Can, him or Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. The, that's like that's the perfect co-star sort of situation. Yeah, I, I got to be honest, and you know how much I love Hanks. It's DiCaprio, man. It's DiCaprio. Yeah. I've watched I've watched that damn movie so many times, like an ungodly amount of times. It's DiCaprio so damn good throughout. He, I think he's facing. Think about it. Like he's facing off with 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 Hanks. He's facing off with I was gonna mistakenly say Kaitel, uh with Walken, um, the, the the lady that you know, the lady that plays his mom. She's actually in Mad Men as well. Like every scene, he's money. Every he single is. scene. Martin Sheen, same dude. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I'm. And I gotta say, like it, it's not easy to act as a character through 10, 15, 20, 30 years. Mm-hmm. And he does just such a great job of like aging with the character throughout that movie. Um, just really growing up through the herd of his parents' separation, finding his way, wanting something better when he kind of falls in love, mm-hmm. you know, realizing that there's no digging your way out of this one. Like, he, <laughs> he, his character just takes some great turns in that movie. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. For me, my number four was The Departed. It's it's undercover officer Billy Costigan. Uh, you know, like, you know, from infiltrating Whitey Bulger's, you know, Boston crime family. Uh, some of the dialogue, I'm not gonna lie to you, uh, because I, you know, we, we have talked about this. I did go back and watch it a little bit. Uh, or, or, excuse me, watch it, you know, more recently. Some of the dialogue is a little bit painful and you know a little bit clunky. But you know, as usual, Leo's money. Uh, and and again, whether he was you know squaring off with Nicholson, Matt Damon, Martin Sheen, or anyone else in that film. Uh, so for me, it has to be up there, even though I don't think The Departed is as good as you know as you do. I love The Departed. Um... Absolutely love the part. It's still coming for me. Okay, audience number three. They had Kelvin Candy from Django. Got it. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, w- with most of these lists, I like they, they tend to lean more recently, but that's, that's fine because he they're on good. your list too. Yeah, yeah, he was good, man. Like, I, I can't deny that. Yeah. I had one that I don't think you'll have, the audience didn't have. Um, Teddy Daniels, Shutter Island. 
Ooh, I, that's in you know that's in my honorable mention. Speaking of which, I should have mentioned what's in Garuba Grape, Revenant, um, and uh, the, the character from Shutter Island. Those are my honorable mentions. Okay, yeah, I I feel like Shutter Island is underrated. Um, really really good movie. First watch is is incredible, and Teddy has to play a number of people. Um, Leo is a number of people as Teddy. I I think. I feel like there are people who, based on the number of votes they got, who haven't seen this movie. Yes, like, it, it, that's probably the case. It, it's one of those. It's one of those where it, while yes, it's widely known now. At the time, maybe you know, maybe it didn't bang. Maybe it, you know, maybe it dropped around the time where you know other other big hitters were out, and and and, and people just didn't. Not enough people got to see it. I think we talked about this. Like it came out the same year as Inception, and Inception uh, just got so much more hype. Yes, but again, I think Shutter Island's a better movie, and I think the the depth to the character that that uh, Leo has to play in in Shutter Island is, I mean, it speaks for itself. It is, uh, it's, it's it's a twisted mess, and he does a great job. I need to get back and watch that one again. It's been a while. Yeah. Okay. So, so my number three is Jordan Belfort. It's coming up. I know for you. I'm figure for you, and I know you mentioned for yeah. the audience, but you know, he's it, he's funny. He's transformative as a character. Uh, he showed. He actually kind of showed like the human side of the caricatures that we've kind of come to remember those late '80s stockbrokers, you know, like, as being. Uh, he was he was great opposite Margot Robbie. He was, you know, it, it goes without saying. It's one of the fi- it's one of his finest performances of all time. Yeah, um, yeah. It's coming up for the audience and for me. So I'll wait. yeah, that's fine. Um, number two for the audience was Billy Costigan in The Departed. Got it. Uh, number two for me was also Billy Costigan nice. in The Departed. <laughs> I, 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 one of my biggest movie conversation piss offs is when someone is like, okay, outside of The Godfather, Godfather 2, and Goodfellas, what's the best mob movie ever? And I'm like, it pisses me off when people don't include The Departed there. And if, if you are, aren't including there, then it's number four. Those are the four. I, I, I don't care how you rank those four, those are the four. The Departed is absolutely in there. Uh, Matt Damon and Leonardo DiCaprio are both amazing. Jack Nicholson is undoubtedly the low point of this movie, but still, still a fantastic movie. The only thing that I'll say about it, and I'm not, I'm not going to rail against The Departed today. I promised myself I wouldn't. No, um, the way that you feel about The Departed is the way that I feel about Casino, and you don't think Casino's very good. I, I. I um, De Niro is fantastic. James Woods, he's an asshole in real life. He's fantastic. Sharon Stone is fantastic. Pesci is fantastic. Don Rickles is fantastic. Like the performances are are money in Casino. It doesn't bang for you because it, it doesn't hold the same nostalgic you know uh, uh, the nostalgic place because you didn't see it when it came out. Well, no, but that it's not just that. It's just that it's it's too much of Goodfellas in a different movie, and we've already seen it done better. That's what it is for me. Okay, if if like, that, if that's what it is, I, I I can go there, but it's still pretty damn good, man. It's still the, pretty. Departed holds the tension so well throughout that movie, and I'm almost I'm almost jealous of my mother because my mother watched this movie with me and she could every other scene is she is he the good cop pretending to be a bad cop or is, is he the bad <laughs> the bad bad guy pretending to be a good I don't know how she can't tell the difference between Matt Damon and and Leonardo DiCaprio but <laughs> if imagine how intense that movie would be if you didn't know who was who yeah if it was just like coming at you from all angles and like, yeah no I got I'm, I'm, I'm jealous of the ride she got to take on that one but <laughs> no I and the, the bit roles in it were great too like Mark Wahlberg is the asshole cop is perfect yeah he's 
playing himself. Yeah, yeah like, he, he feels like that's just, it was just him. Shit. Yeah, he nailed uh, it. <laughs> Boy was great. Alec Baldwin was great. Like, there are some great, great, great roles in this movie. And uh, the cranberry juice scene at the bar is just again one of my favorite Leo moments. <laughs> well, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, I the, the the ridiculous asshole 22, 23 year old in me that when that movie first came out would repeat that line with such uh, regularity. It's uh, ridiculous. Okay. <laughs> uh, Mr. What was your number two? Uh, it's uh, it's Frank Ab- Abagnale Jr. Catch me if okay. you can for all of the reasons. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Another great movie. What was the best scene that he had in that movie? Oh uh, man, it's when it's at the it's toward the end when the, all the all the French a- agents are outside, but they they haven't quite arrived on scene yet. And he's like, "You're just playing with me. You just and and they're, they're, he's doing the little cat and mouse for me that back and forth. And then once he realizes, oh shit, no, they really are here. That that, that was my, that's probably my favorite scene for from that movie. What about you? I was gonna say that when when he gets on the plane and Tom Hanks turns around, and he's like. You know, I figured everything else out, but how did you cheat on the bar? And and he tells him he didn't cheat on the bar. He mm-hmm. just studied really hard. And you just get like it just kinda shows you how smart that he really could have done anything, but he just, <laughs> he chose to be a criminal. And, um, and for the record, the for the folks out there and, and I and even though we all might think like if everybody knows this, that's based on a true on a true on true events. That's based on a true story. The guy was clearly an expert level con man at like 17, 18 years old. He has to be a genius. Yeah, and I think like at the end of the movie, it even says like I've, I haven't seen it recently, but I've seen it a bunch of times, and it says they're like still friends to this day, and they're working together. And it's yeah. nice that it, it's nice that this like kind of I mean I guess he's a criminal, but this this pretty touching story second act actually plays out. Yeah, not well, not everybody punches the ticket on their second chance. That is that day, one hundred percent. A lot of people get a second chance, mess that up too. Maybe even a third chance, mess that up too. Yeah, unfortunate, but yeah, no, great movie. Catch me if you can. Such a great movie on all. Okay, so audience number one is Wolf of Wall Street, Jordan Belfort. Um, my number one is Wolf of Wall Street, Jordan Belfort. Um, that's why I said the audience are the same because we had the same one too. Not mad at that, and 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 look, mine's going to be mine's going to be off. You, it it not only did it not get mentioned in the top five, either of your top fives, I didn't hear you mention it in the uh, well, in your honorable hold, mention. Hold up one sec. Let me talk about Wolf for a sec. Go for it. Okay, so here's the thing with Wolf. I felt like that's Leo a little bit too, mm-hmm. like the the arrogance, not giving mm-hmm. a shit. Um, Smarter than you, better than you, more charismatic than you, ram it down your throat. Yeah. Um, based on some of the things I've read about Leo, about how, you know, he speaks like he's an expert about things that he's not an expert on, um, about, you know, some of the, the commentary about working with him. About I, I read a piece in Esquire, I think, a couple years ago about how George Clooney and a bunch of A-list actors all have houses on the Swan Street in Mexico. Um, and Clooney runs like a year-round pickup game out there. And Leonardo DiCaprio and Tobey Maguire got invited at one time and were never invited again because that's how much fun they were to play with. <laughs> so, so I don't know. For all of those reasons, man, I, I just really felt like, even though I don't think Wolf of Wall Street is the best movie that he's in, it's and not. I was, you know, like I, I, I thought, you know, as much as people love that movie, I just felt like this is the movie where I'm, I'm seeing him at his peak. He, he just nailed this character. I felt like he it was so true to him, 
And then now that I'm talking about it, I'm like, is it better acting if you're just being yourself or worse acting if you're just being yourself? But yeah, that was my number one too. Look, I, I, I'm not going to complain what, at all. I agree with you. And it's funny. The thought that you just that you just uh, wrapped that up with was kind of where I was. I was like, well, but does that mean this is better or worse? No, look, it regardless of whether, you know, technically, uh, you know, it, 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 that, that makes it better. He's incredible in it. He deserved, you know, he deserved, he deserved, you know, all of the accolades. Uh, so I, I can't be mad at that one. I absolutely do, can't be mad at that one. Do you know who beat him for the best best uh, leading actor that year? Let's see. He was was it twenty fourteen? Yeah. Uh, I do not. It was Matthew McConaughey, Dallas Buyers Club. Oh, hey, okay. And if if you've seen that one, he's also incredible in that. I don't, you know, honestly, I, I, I'm not gonna lie and say I thought the movie was great, but Matt McConaughey was great in it. He was very good, but like that's, this is one of the things that I think the Oscars gives points. Mm-hmm. If you, like you, you, you give points to a cultural conversation, and that usurps good acting in any other role. And not to say that Matthew wasn't good, he was. I just, I felt like this was one of those years where like, this is the issue. We're gonna give attention this year, and. Um, yeah, I, I, I did not like the Leo didn't win. There's a crude um, entourage reference, and I'm going to clean it up. But basically, it goes to say, like, if you play someone that is, you know, had, you know, overcome something just incredible or is special needs or is whatever the case may be, I do think that the Academy gives special points, gives extra points. 100%. 100%. And yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know how to have this conversation responsibly. So I know, oh, I know. That's why I was I was trying to be careful about it so that nobody is offended. But you know, we're being matter of fact because it's true. Yeah, but but the, and I mean, Tropic Thunder has its own take on that, which mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. which is also I, which I think is also very true to some extent. It's yeah. either highly glorified or totally dismissed when you play you know um, a role that society uh, has shortcomings in. Yep. Yep. So for mine, I'm going to keep this conversation going. It's The Aviator, man. It's, uh, you know, I The Aviator's not my favorite anywhere near, kind of like what you just described as Catch Me If You Can. It's nowhere near my favorite Leonardo DiCaprio movie. Um, he, uh, it, it's, it's actually, it's a movie I've only watched, I think, like twice, uh, which for movies that are truly great movies, that's not, you know, that, that's, that's a very, that's very few. Uh, but I was most impressed, actually, by the performance. You know, and it, for anyone that's not familiar with it, uh, he's playing a billionaire aviation tycoon named Howard Hughes. But I was most impressed, but because like at the time that this movie came out, I actually dug around and you know like looked into the actual history, and realizing the how much restraint Leo utilized when playing someone that can only be described as one of the more eccentric major figures of the 20th century, I, it, it was that much more impressive to me because I I, I don't I'm sure you've noticed this. Anytime it's like a larger than life character, or this uh, there there are times where you know very good actors will take such risks and just be like, oh, just you know, like really go for it in ways where it's like it's just it it can only be deemed as over the top. And even though yes, you know he, he played the hell out of this role, he actually he actually utilized restraint. So for me, it's it's not it, it's not that I'm saying it's my favorite of his to watch, but it's the best of his for me. Yeah, and and it was my honorable mention. I kind of missed over those, um, but yeah. And the the audience's honorable mention, if you were curious, was Catch Me If You Can. Oh. Okay. So I'll, I'll read these through just to recap before we wrap here. So the audience at number five had Hugh Glass, The Revenant. They had uh, Rick Dalton, Once Upon a Time at four. Kelvin Candy, Django Unchained at number three. Billy Costigan, The Departed at number two. Um, 
Jordan Belfort, The Wolf of Wall Street, number one. I had Jack Dawson, Titanic, number five. I had Frank Abagnale, Catch Me If You Can, at number four. I had Teddy Daniel, Shutter Island, number three. Billy Costigan, The Departed, at number two. <laughs> and uh, Wolf of Wall Street, Jordan Belfort, at number one. And then I and had yourself. I had Calvin, you know, as you know, from Django. I had Billy Costigan for The Departed. I had uh, Jordan Belfort, Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, Frank Abagnale from Catch Me If You Can, and number one Howard Hughes from The Aviator. Yeah, and I, I think if we did this like a uh, next week, and we were like, "What's your five favorite Leo movies?" We we would both see big shifts. We would. It, it, yeah. The Leo. I didn't want to say this, but Leo is getting close to being the actor version of Spielberg. He's got so many. Like you, you, you alluded to this. You alluded to this earlier. The guy has 15 to 20 classics already, and yeah. he's only 40 years old, or, you know, right around that, you know, right around that range. I, I'm very hesitant to, like, talk shit on Daniel Day-Lewis, but Leo's got more more hits, and I think Daniel Day-Lewis, for all the dressing that he gets and all the hype he gets for anything he says he will do, I think Leo's can top movies can absolutely go pound for pound with you know Lincoln there will be blood the last of the Mohicans etc so Leo uh, Leo has more blockbusters too but you know so I, I mean do you, do, you, do you think that factors in you know, to, it, to your it, appreciation sure. of them sure but like I, I, I mean the one that always gets me is there will be blood because there will be blood is a painfully boring movie mm-hmm. um, which and I don't think it has a lot to say about anything and uh, maybe, maybe bad parenting <laughs> um, and the, and the I drink your milkshake scene is 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 really good, but like again, it's so long to get there, and the whole movie is like, what's the point? And it is beautifully shot, which is not something I'm trying to say about movies I dislike. I'm I just acknowledging you. that it is it is beautifully shot. Like it's in, the cinematography was excellent, but uh, on a whole, like the fact that film nerds love that movie so much. Uh, just always drives me crazy because I have never been more excited to see a movie I missed in theaters mm-hmm. based on how everyone that loves movies talks about this fucking movie. And then when I watched it, I was like, you have got to be kidding me. So This cannot be the movie that they talk about like that. So here's the deal. There, you, you and I both know in the audience, I'm sure they're aware. And if they're not, hey, welcome to the party coming up. Uh, there are plenty of movies and, and, and that we, we know we're, we're quote unquote supposed to love. You know what I'm saying? Because because the critics say it, and because it's Daniel Day Lewis, and because he's you know, the, you know we all consider him one of the you know one of the finer actors of his you know of his generation, and all of those things. There will be blood is a good movie. It is not something that like I, I look. I I didn't watch it a second time, and that's not no, a knock. I never watched it. That's again. not a knock. But you yeah. know what? You know, we can have that conversation about it being a fine piece of art without saying it's the greatest movie of all time, and without you know, without you know, lying and saying that Daniel Day Lewis has a better, you know, has a better filmography than uh, than Leo does. Leo has ten movies better than There Will Be Blood. He has ten movies. There you go. Um, but but that being said, I'm not trying. I'm not poo pooing all over Daniel Day Lewis. The Last of the Mohicans. Phenomenal. And, and and Bill the Butcher in Gangs of New York is still his best role to me. Phenomenal. He he was. Absolutely out of this world as Bill, but- Bill the Butcher. But um, but I-, I hear people, the way that people talk about Daniel Day-Lewis is probably how they should talk about Leo. Because he's done it in more films, had more hitters. Um, <clears throat> still think, my gosh, Shia. Still think, you know, pound for pound, she can do it. But uh, <laughs> I-, I do think it's Leo or Hanks as the GOAT. 
when you factor in body of work and, and top performances. You know how you feel about uh, Mr. LaBeouf is the way that yeah. I, I came up feeling about Christian Slater. Christian Slater was underrated, underutilized. I don't know what the cause was, but I always felt like he should have you know, done more. And, I'm, and, that's not, and that's not taking anything away from what he's been able to do over the course of his career. Do you know Joseph Nardone on Twitter? I do know Joseph Nardone. He's a great guy. He 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 is the same way about Slater. Like Slater is his guy. Uh-huh. He absolutely loves Slater. Um, before we wrap, too, if you're like want to punch me in the face for the, the there will be blood take, I'll find the article and I'll tweet it out again because <laughs> someone shared me with, shared this with me. <clears throat> A woman wrote an article for some site. I forget what. Basically talking about how every man she's ever been with has made her watch this movie <laughs> and she's watched it like five times and she just doesn't get why anyone's so excited about it and i think there's like a toxic masculinity spin there in there too but anyways it's a good article and it very much like validated how i felt about it so well, i will share that as well well shit now <laughs> i gotta go back and watch the movie and see if i catch that and, and if that's the reason why you know subconsciously i didn't like it good stuff yeah maybe maybe all right that's gonna wrap episode 24 we'll back be back with 25 on thursday if you haven't liked, rated, reviewed, subscribed, please do that. Uh, we appreciate all your support. Thanks.